A brand new movie trailer sets the world on fire. And what does that mean to you as a creator? We're talking about that on today's episode of New Amsterdam Radio. Hello everyone, it's Flobo Boys and you are listening to New Amsterdam Radio, episode 35. We're doing 35 of these things. That is just crazy because to be honest with you, I thought I would have fell into that eight episode trap. Eight episodes is the noted average most new podcast ventures go on to. People do eight episodes and they get kind of bored or they get busy or they'll, they'll do they'll have a set schedule, but around eight it kind of falls apart. <laughs> but we did it. We're doing that times at least four, five? I don't know about math. Eight times five is not 35. You get the idea. Uh, New Amsterdam Radio comes to you live wherever you stream your podcast. We're talking Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. And again, I thank you so much for tuning into this episode and other episodes. And tell the friends about the show uh, because that's how the show grows. And before I even get to today's topic, um, I just want to say that personally, I've been working on some stuff uh, just to show you that I practice what I preach a little bit too. I started a new vlog series. It's actually more of a visual podcast series over at YouTube. It's called What's Up, Flobo? W-A-S-S-U-P. What's up, Flobo? It's pretty much a slice of life. Just things that I've I've come across or interesting tidbits or pieces of advice that really doesn't it's independent of New Amsterdam Radio, whereas this show is for you. This show is for people like yourself who are creators who are or who have ideas in their brains and are trying to find ways to execute. What's up, Flo? It was more of a fireside chat. You know? So come through on YouTube, say what's up, bring cookies, and I appreciate that. But yeah, that's basically following my own advice, finding new ways, new markets to push out what Flobo is about. And that's what New Amsterdam is about. It's finding new ways, innovative concepts and strategies, extracting what we're seeing is happening in pop culture, and news and in sports and how could we relate that to our own personal ideas because I feel like the best artists in the world get inspiration from other things. The best painters just don't look at other painters. They look at sports or they're inspired by uh, people or in the limelight and things like that. So obviously the way for you to grow, whatever it may be, whether you're doing a webcomic, whether you are a avid interpretive dancer is to look outside of your normal circle of inspiration to find new inspirations to make you that much better as a creator. I gotta be honest with you, I don't get around to as much movies as I like. You know, it's it's one of those things, what movies are you watching? That's like the, the new book are you reading? You know, there's certain kind of people that, that say, hey, what books are you reading? But movies are pretty much appeals to the common denominator. Anyone that has enough money for a ticket can go see. So it's not really bound by how intellectual is written or anything like that. If you have a Netflix account, if a big Netflix movie drops, like The Irishman, for example, uh, all you really need is that Netflix account. You don't have to go out to the local Cineplex. So it kind of makes it an equalizer and a very, very nice open icebreaker for people. What movies have you seen? Now, I can tell you, as a former film student, it's pretty bad. The, the amount of movies I go see in theaters, and I'm still pretty much watching the popcorn ones, you know, superhero ones, ones I've invested in. Uh, it's more of the B-movie action movies because... Like most people my age, it's just a hassle sometimes to go out to the movie theater, uh, especially if the movie's big or if it's open weekend, opening weekend, I should say, or special engagement and all that. If I'm not doing the Tuesday morning uh, senior matinee, I'm usually waiting for video. Um, so that's why I always make an event to see 
genres that I, I'm passionate about. Like B movies, B cop movies, I'll go and see. Cop and robber movies, I'll see in theaters. Uh, so that one, uh, uh, Black and Blue with Naomi Harris, because Naomi Harris is amazing and a kind of a bubbling crush, you know? Or I saw Superfly last year for that same reason, just a, a B movie that's not going to get love by anyone else. So if no one loves you, I do. Uh, and of course, comedies. As a comedian, I like to go check out, support the art form and Comedies are definitely the first casualty in the I'd rather stay home and Netflix it thing. So I always go out there and try to see a comedy every once in a while to support the art form. But today's inspiration for today's episode came from one Christopher Nolan. You know, the Dark Knight saga, Inception, and Interstellar. You know, that guy. Uh, Insomnia, too. If That's actually one of my favorite movies from this esteemed director. One of the last great auteurs of this generation. Yeah, his new trailer for the movie Tenant is coming out in July. And Tenant looks like another one of those movies where it's just crazy hard to describe, but people are going to like it like, like, like a magic eye painting, you know? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, uh, Christopher Nolan does not make watching his movies easy, even though they have large budgets and even though they have the mass screen release of a blockbuster uh, a lot of times because of the goodwill of his name and what he's done with actual blockbusters. But they're not necessarily popcorn films. you got to bring on your thinking cap sometimes and say, wait, this means that. And Tenet is no different. So we have this trailer, which I suggest you guys go out and see it. They're not paying me to talk about it. I'm just seeing as a fan uh, about some sort of keyword, magic word, playing with time, starring the dude from Ballers, a.k.a. Denzel Washington's son, John David Washington, uh, and some action, some cars, some fisticuffs, and definitely some things that are scratching your head. And I will say this, of all the modern interpretations of the movie trailer, I'm talking about how to get people in the theaters, common thought was go for broke. Get, tell me everything I, mean to, I want to, it's on the tin, tell me everything in the movie so I can go and, and decide whether or not I want to pay money to see it. And a lot of old school cinemaphiles and, and those that appreciate the art form would throw their arms up and say, that's not fair. The, the whole thing's giving the movie away. Give me something to ask questions about. Give me something to pique my interest. And I can tell you this from the outside, that opinion is getting smaller and smaller as the years go by. But props to the, the team behind Christopher Nolan. Uh, that trailer does not answer a whole lot, <laughs> even though it is the first one. doesn't answer a whole lot, but does set up the world and the tone quite well. And I said to myself, will I probably see this in theaters? Maybe. I'm more jazzed to see this one uh, a, a Christopher Nolan movie than the last couple of ones. I, I went to see Interstellar because it was the brand. I went to go see Inception because it was the brand. But this one for me personally was the first time I was intrigued about the story or what I'm seeing on the screen and the team behind it. And I thought to myself, as someone who creates something, how can I extract that to my comic works. How can I extract that to things I'm working on? And this is what I come up with, and maybe it could be helpful to you. First things first, let's get the basic things out of the way, right? The trailer. You have a big project on the horizon, you gotta give people time to pique some interest and have a little bit of a, it's coming soon. Now, you would think it's common knowledge, but it's something that a lot of people just don't do. What you'll see is they'll wait till the project is done, and, well, I'll take a step back. What I've seen anecdotally, so there's not a scientific study in the world to back this up, but what I've seen is a friend will have a project they're working on, and they'll say something really vague like, got this project I'm working on, can't tell you the details, but when it happens, you're going to love it. 
and then three or six weeks go by. And then when it's released, it's, I am so excited to announce. First of all, change your copy. I am so excited to announce. It's trite. It's cliche. It's whack. It's hack. Try something else. But the thing is, we take the idea of trailers and release as a two-step process. Tease, release. Tease, release. Whereas you'll notice with movie trailers and the old advertising push of a movie, it's actually a gradual thing. So not only are I would suggest in your case, if you're releasing a project, to do the post of, I got some things in the works I can't tell you about. But when you can say things, how about some close-up shots of something we can't even see? How about some interviews of people talking about the thing we can't talk about? Maybe some uh, contests you reach out to your friends and say, hey, give me a sketch or, or I'll even pay you to give me sketches of what your interpretation of my project is going to be. If you're doing a, a brand new rock concert, for example, how about uh, release some pictures of your proposed merch? Let your fans interact and see what merch would they want to wear and help them to come up with ideas of what the project is going to be. So when the time you release it, it isn't just a, I'm, I am excited to announce, it's Hey, thank you so much for engaging with me on this entire journey. Here's the final product, right? But beyond that, that's all table stakes. But beyond that, what we can see is here is someone, whether you like Christopher Nolan's movies or not, has a brand. And I hate to use brand in this parlance, but everyone else is doing it. Because when I was a kid, it was called reputation. It was called personality. It was called track record. But now it's brand. You know exactly where you're getting into when you're going to a Christopher Nolan film, right? You know, it's going to be a long Runtime film with a lot of muted colors, but some action in there, things that make you go think, right? Whether you like it or not. And to produce a new movie of that, you have appealed to your hardcore fans who are already on board of what you offer. But the challenge is now, how do you do something different with the actual project to appeal to people who may not even be all about it? And there's a reason why I use this film as an example, because I am way from, as a former film student, way familiar with Christopher Nolan's techniques, and that's a loan for me to say, I'll check it out maybe week three, week four, or even <gasps> on video, right, on, on demand. But for me personally, this is the first uh, Christopher Nolan film I can think of where there's such a prominent lead role for a person of color, and this is the, the first one I think that plays with time in more of an action standpoint. Interstellar was more about uh, time and gravity in a more introspective kind of way. So I love time travel movies, and I love the fact that this one has a little bit more of an action twinge to it. I am on board. This is a this is a new interpretation. This isn't a cool movie I want to see. But as far as I'm concerned personally, hey, this is this established brand take on this concept. And that is the difference. My first novel was called High Desert Run. And it was a neo-western. And why was it neo-western? Because personally, westerns, classical westerns, the John Wayne, Cowboys and Indians is my least favorite genre to write. So I said, look, if someone told me, F. Lobo Boyce is my, my pen name, to create a Western, what would it look like? And that was the end result. High Desert Run, still available on Amazon. Like, three people bought it. Uh, <laughs> the point is, is that sometimes the appeal is not necessarily the project itself, but is the interpretation of the creators of the project. So please think about that next time you have something on the horizon you know, you want to present a way to a brand new, fresh audience that may be into the subject that you're doing, but really more into uh, how you approach things. This is really especially true for illustrators, right? Let's say you draw in Disney style, just for an example, and you want to say, hey, for my next collection, my next gallery, I want to take uh, athletes and draw them in Disney style. 
Now that idea has been done, but the idea is behind that is, hey, I'm a fan of you, the artist. I want to see how you make LeBron James look doing a dunk over some helpless or hapless opponent. You know, use that to your advantage. You can mix and match with your hype, with your trailers, with your promo packages to really create an experience around your projects. That's all the time we have for today for this episode of New Amsterdam Radio. Of course, my name is Loba Voice. As always, thank you so much for checking out this episode and all the episodes. If you're a fan, like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends, foes, enemies, hustlers, pimps, players, all of that. You can follow me personally over at Twitter at Flobo Voice or Instagram at Flopito. And of course, Flopito.com. I have merch, by the way. If you guys want to buy a t-shirt with my name on it, please do support the cause at Flopito. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O dot threadless dot com. That's Flopito dot threadless dot com. And until next time, the city is yours. <laughs>